0: I'm Kurt Benkert, and this is Pocket Presence, powered by Sleeper. Here we go. Welcome back. Another episode of Pocket Presence. We got, what, conference championship games coming up. We have a new hire, new head coach for the LA Chargers. It's a thin week, but it's a good week. And I think we're starting to close one chapter, move on to the next with offseason coming up. But before we get started, Tyler, what's up, dude?
1: You drink through this fire hose of NFL football all year. There's so much football happening at all times. And then when it gets taken away from you, I feel like this is the first week where you're like, we really have nothing to talk about. We had a great episode earlier this week. We talked so much football. And now, except for these coaching hirings, which we'll touch on a little bit, it's like it gets really thin. And then it makes you really, really worried for the offseason. And, of course, there's a bunch of fun stuff to talk about in the offseason. But coming off that high of having, what is it, something like 16 games every single week is it's like uh, it's you get a bit, of a bit of football withdrawal.
0: Yeah, dude. I, I was telling my wife this week, I was like, look, I'm not like, nobody's really hitting me up about stuff. Like nobody's asking me for like predictions. Like there's nothing going on. And I think we have like a two to three week stretch here where it's kind of chill. And then as soon as the, the Super Bowl is over, it's like combine, like yeah. senior bowl games. Like it's, then it gets busy in its own sense, but in a different way where everyone's just turning the sheet, turning the page to a new, I don't know. I guess fresh start and that's that's one of the things when I was playing and every year we had like you know, never won a Super Bowl so every year you ended pretty much with an L um you look for when the Super Bowls over and it's all right fresh start everyone's zero and zero off season start let's go reload and I think that is exciting um on the fan side too because it's like look a lot of teams out of the playoffs now there's only four left a couple more weeks a couple more weeks then you're back like everybody else is back
1: yeah it's it's so interesting I've, in my lifetime, watched the Packers win a Super Bowl, which is great. And you get to ride that high, it seems like, until the next season. But you talked about it. For every other team, it is sort of an anticlimactic end to the season, it feels like. Like, the Super Bowl – and I was looking back just for a video I was doing. Like, the Super Bowl isn't always a great game. You know, I was, like, looking back at the 2020 Super Bowl and the Buccaneers beat the Chiefs something like 31-9. to Like, it's not always – a great game. And even when it is a good game, the next day, like, you know, maybe you spend a little bit of time being like, congrats to this team. You know, here's why they want, you know, we'll probably be doing a bit of that ourselves. But yeah. then you move on to the next thing. And I feel like it never, the Super Bowl itself never gets a great dissection. You never take the time to look back and be like, talking about the game because you're already moving on. You're and already on to the next thing. Yeah. And if you're not a team that has won the Super Bowl, it's like, you know, what is there to talk about? Like, my team hasn't played football in two months anyway.
0: That's so true. Yeah. And that's like, I think the first two weeks of the playoffs, are why, that's why it's so much fun, because there's a lot of things at stake. Exactly. We have four teams left now, and we kind of feel like we might know, we might not know who's going to be in the Super Bowl, but like four teams left, and games have to be played a certain way for certain teams to win, and I'm excited to dive into it.
1: All right, well, let's do it. Before we get there, though, I want to talk some news here. So... We're talking about all this coaching carousel. We finally have a hire of news. I know mm-hmm. the, uh, there's a hire. The Titans hired the, um, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Bengals, which maybe yeah. we can touch on here. But the big shoe to drop was Jim Harbaugh now to the Los Angeles Chargers. It seemed like they were circling the wagon for a while. An interesting report yeah. that came out was that he did interview with the Falcons, but he, he never lost, left Los Angeles to do it. He just stayed there. So it seems like maybe that was a formality. I'm not sure why you even go through with yeah. that. But in any case, they have a new head coach.
0: I, I definitely see the Falcons as the team that like interviews everybody. Like they're going to do their due diligence. And maybe Harbaugh wasn't just going to like say no, but like out of respect to know that he wasn't going to take the job, did it remote so he didn't have to travel because it's, it's a long flight there and back for totally. to something you don't want to do, anyways. Um, but yeah, I think right now I'm looking at this Chargers team and they have like some, some aging guys. But like the biggest thing that they're missing right now, in my opinion, is like a coach that can pull it all together. Because they do have pieces and they've been able to put up points. They've been able to play good defense from time to time. They've, they've never done each at the same time, really. And I think what Harbaugh has done such a good job of, especially at Michigan, and even when he was with the 49ers, his teams really didn't beat themselves. And the Chargers, more than anybody right now, need a, need a team and a coach that's going to lead in a way that doesn't have them beating themselves all the time. And I think that's the right guy for the job. He may not be the most flashy. I think he's going to have to hire a slam dunk offensive coordinator, he's going to get a good DC in there. But he seems to be the guy to like tighten up the ship a little bit. And that's what the Chargers really have been needing. Yes, go add some pieces of this offseason. Go get some young talent, maybe a free agent splash. But more so than anything, they've had the talent. They just haven't had it all working together at the same time.
1: It also seems, and this is a total non-technical analysis of the situation but the chargers have some stink about them where they can you know they they blow leads they can never see you know charging has become a term and so yeah somebody to re- remove that air of losing jim harbaugh seems like the guy for that job
0: yeah and if you look at that division too like look the broncos i don't even know what they're gonna look like next year probably a, a rebuild again like who really knows the chiefs they're look. they're in the afc championship game but they're not like unbeatable so you can sneak a few games during the divisionals like divisional games throughout the year so like there's that and then you have the raiders they don't really have a quarterback they have some talent same thing though like the chargers roster wise looks solid they just have some aging guys so they can fill some of the holes get a few more good years out of the older guys and then replace them like they have a formula to actually compete in the afc west this year coming up this next year i,
1: I want to ask you about this so does jim harbaugh just stay in la obviously he didn't go to atlanta for the interview but now he's just here like In your experience, what is that whole process like? Because it has to just be like, shit, now I live in LA, like the house is on fire.
0: Yeah, I'd imagine like he, because of the time of the year, he probably gets to go and like reset, um, go back to Michigan, clean house a little bit, get himself resituated. But when I was signed to the Packers, I got signed at a weird cycle where I was signed like during rookie minicamp. They bring like a few vets in to compete. And so I was signed right then and there. Like I only packed enough clothes for like three days because I didn't really know what the deal was going to be. I didn't even know, like, I just, I didn't really think about staying. Um, And so as soon as I got signed, I had to head like right to target to go stock up on like t-shirts, underwear, socks, like, cause I was going to be there now for the next few weeks and wasn't going to have a chance to go home. So the actual logistics of getting hired in a new job, whether it be a coach or a player, there's a lot of logistics to go down with that.
1: Yeah. You you never think about that. And especially... You know, when you're a when you're a younger guy, I don't know when you got married and and had your yeah. daughter, but when you're a younger guy, you can kind of just do that, live out of a suitcase. But you know, yeah. Jim's got a family. Like now, I'm sure they're not bemoaning moving to LA from Ann Arbor, yeah. but at the same time, that's that's a lot of logistics that you have to figure out. And I'm sure they they have people to figure that out for you, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. They depending on how high up on the uh, totem pole you are, people do help <laughs> you out. But when when you're a yeah. uh, when you're a practice squad guy, it's definitely like, all right, you're here. Figure it out when you have off days. So um but i'm sure jim's got it all taken care of i'm sure jim's set up nicely let's talk quickly about the titan's hire it kind of
1: went under the radar it didn't make a huge splash i i wasn't hearing i don't remember his name circulated around for many jobs but here we are any opinion on that and then we can touch on the panthers hiring the the buccaneers oc as well
0: yeah so brian callahan uh just got the job with tennessee he is or was the oc for the Bengals, i believe um, I'd imagine they're just looking for an offensive guy that can get their young talent uh, acclimated to the NFL as quickly as possible. Um, Callahan showed last year that he could do it even with Joe Burrow out, which I think was pretty like a good like notch on his belt and probably why he got pegged for this job. So I think, look, they got Will Levis. That's, who the, that's the guy that they want for their future. He's won some games for them and he's just got some things to clean up. So hopefully they can get a young coach, get some young talent, pull it all together and compete in the South because the South, like texans look to be there the jaguars have the talent but like they're they fell off bad who knows what the deal with trevor lawrence is going to be long term and there's opportunity so i think that's kind of that's how i look at that situation from a broad stroke so one stat that i wanted to call out here just to the general theme of the
1: nfl every nfl team since 2021 has replaced their offensive coordinator. And of course, part of that is offensive coordinators getting fired, but a, a big part of this is wow. offensive coordinators getting poached and brought yep. in to be the head coach of other teams. And it's something we've talked about. You look at a guy like CJ Stroud, You know how much of his success is tied to Bobby Slowick, who will probably go and get a job. And when you have a defensive yep. head coach or one of these CEO type of guys who don't call plays, you're at risk of losing what might be your secret sauce as we saw in Philadelphia this year where yeah. you lose Shane Steichen and all of a sudden you don't look like the same team.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's something long-term that you definitely have to think about as an owner who's looking for these coaches. Some places can have success, but like the hit rate of those having success in the CEO type of head coach seems to be a lot lower than the OC guys that get a chance to find their groove, integrate more. And then you're really just like, when you, that's the difference. You're hiring new play callers year in and year out when you're the CEO type. When you're the offensive coordinator, the only thing that you're changing are the guys that help you get your game plan together throughout the week, which still, those guys matter. Some of them are super creative, see things differently, bring new insight and whatever. But yeah, like for long term success of your team, the general formula is an offensive minded head coach because how often is a defensive guy going to get poached? Not so much. So,
1: and especially the way the league is moving right now, like you're, you're probably growing confident, growing oh. in confidence that a defensive guy isn't going to get poached. And you're like, I mean, it's like losing Shanahan or losing LaFleur. Like, these are guys that change the outcome of games more than, I would argue, a defensive head coach. And to assume that you could lose a level of guy like that just because
0: they're in a coordinator role, I mean, that we
1: we saw it with the Eagles this year. Like, that is what happened to
0: them. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is, like, look, it's an offensive league. you got to score points. If you can't score points, like, yes, you can have success with a good defense, but if you have no way to score points, it doesn't matter. And because your defense isn't going to consistently score points for you, so... Um, looking at those situations, like, yeah, if you were to lose your offensive play caller, if you're the 49ers, right? Like say Shanahan was just the OC. It's a lot bigger of a deal than losing Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator, where I do think DQ can be a great head coach. It's just that long-term, like it's gotta be the right place, right fit. Like if he doesn't go to Seattle, I don't know where he'll go. He has ties there. They value that kind of thing where I don't know. Yeah. I, it's an interesting discussion for sure.
1: All right, let's talk a little football. We have Chiefs, let's Ravens, the early game on Sunday. The sixth time that Mahomes and Lamar will meet for the last five have been decided by single digits. The Chiefs are underdogs here. They're playing in yeah. Baltimore and Patrick Mahomes, you know, is probably bad on him as an underdog. I, I think you got to take those three points, whatever it is now when you can get them. Yeah. How do you see this game playing out? I think I mean this is gonna be one of the this might be an all timer on the AFC side.
0: Yeah, this this game, so like look, it's the Chiefs. You know they're going to find a way to score points creatively. And that Ravens defense is for real. They're the best defense in the league for a reason. But if anybody can match up, it's Mahomes and how he plays football with a tight end that is fine. he finds ways to get open outside of the scheme of the play. So I'm going to set the stage there. What I really want to see, how does this Baltimore Ravens offense operate against the Chiefs defense? Because the Chiefs defense is the reason why they're so deep right now. Their defense has been lights out for most of the year. They had a little rough week last week, but they st- they stepped up when they needed to against the Bills. The Chiefs' defense is why they're the what number two seed, or they're—I mean, I guess they're the number two team in the NFL, right? Number in the AFC right now. Without that defense, I don't think they're they might may be a wild card team because the offense really struggled for a lot of the year. So, I want to see what can the Baltimore Ravens' de- offense do versus the Chiefs' defense. Can they run the ball? Can Mahomes still pass it? is he going to be accurate when he scrambles? Like I want to see that matchup more than anything. And I think that'll determine the outcome of the game. This game for me, like I'm leaning Ravens, but I could see the chiefs pulling out like a three point win. I don't think that, I don't think there's any way in hell that the chiefs blow them out. I do think the Ravens could steamroll them too. The Ravens have like that steamroll capability in them on anybody. It just depends on which version they're going to show up to be. So who takes care of the ball? is probably going to determine the outcome of this game. Whoever has less turnovers, I think is going to win this game. And I think it's going to be the Ravens, but we'll get to that a little bit later. I mean, when you match them
1: up unit for unit, you talk about how great the Chiefs defense is. The Ravens defense is playing incredible right now. So mm-hmm. I think at the very least, you, if, even if the Chiefs have the edge, it's a slight edge on the defensive side of the ball. And then you look at the quarterback, Lamar yeah. is going to be MVP this year. Patrick Mahomes is great. And we talked about earlier this week with Brandon, he plays, he's, he's an MVP level player just yeah. in the playoffs alone. But even when you match up these, these groups, it's like, it seems like the Ravens have the slight edge or at the very least, they're not too far behind the chiefs in, in every yeah. aspect of the game.
0: Like, I, I think the Ravens have the edge all across the board. Look, they get the better kicker. They have the better special teams. They have on paper, the better offense. They on paper, have the better defense. They're at home. Like the Ravens should not lose this game but it's Patrick Mahomes on the other side of the ball. That's the only reason why I'm even considering like the Chiefs in, in the slightest. Because you look at last week, like Josh Allen had 72 yards rushing against this Chiefs defense. What is Lamar going to do this week? Lamar had how many last week rushing against the Texans? I believe it was 100 yards. Like Lamar's been waiting until the playoffs to use his legs because that's what he needed to do. They're going to do everything they can to run the shit out of the ball, to play stingy defense, and I just... That's that's how I think this game script's going to go. <clears throat> I think the Chiefs are going to have to take advantage of their opportunities because of the time of possession game that the Ravens play. It's just, it's an uncomfortable matchup and the Chiefs have to play perfect and have some things go their way to win this game this week.
1: We talked about game script. I want to talk about DFS in a second, but yeah. you, you match up these teams, the Ravens are loaded. I could see them steamrolling the Chiefs as well, but then you bring up that comment about Patrick Mahomes just being Patrick Mahomes. Is he entering that territory? And I think Tom Brady is really the the only other guy you could mention in that same breath of like, look, when you put it down on paper, it seems like it should not be a close game, but he yep. is that factor that could change
0: everything. However, irrationally it might sound, is he He's in that the only category now? He is, and that's why it's like you just can never you can never count him out. And I think you can bet against him, but you can never count him out. And so yeah, like I'm I'm looking in, at these DFS like how does how do I think this game is gonna go? Baltimore is going to want to run the ball. They're going to want Lamar Jackson running the ball. He's going to need to for them to make this thing happen this week. And he had a weird week last week passing. Like He didn't really pass for a lot of yards. We didn't really need to. They didn't really need him in the fourth quarter. I think they're going to need him this game. I think they're going to need him all the way through. It's the AFC Championship game. And right now, Sleeper has a promo. His line for passing said 168.5 yards, which is like a, what, 19% discount? So... I'm going to start with that. Give me Lamar Jackson to have over 168 and a half passing yards. Give me that. I think it's a freebie this week. How is he going to get that done? I think he's going to have to throw the ball to Od- Odell Beckham twice. That's it. One and a half receptions. Odell hasn't had more than one reception the last two weeks, had two the week prior. Like, I think he gets that, but again, I'm looking around. I see Bateman has two and a half. They don't really have a whole lot out there for these receivers right now. I know we're getting kind of to the later part of the week, but, I think Odell one and a half receptions hits. It's worth 1.4 multiplier. I think Gus Edwards is going to have over 41 rushing yards. So 41 and a half for Gus Edwards. You know what? Take away the Odell Buckham. We're not going to risk it. It's too low of a multiple for something that hasn't happened in the last few weeks. So right now we're sitting at Lamar Jackson over 168 and a half rushing passing yards. Gus Edwards over 41 and a half rushing yards. I think Justice Hill. I don't want to touch him. I don't. I think he has a decent game, but I'm not going to touch him. I'm looking at Zay Flowers, four and a half receptions. I don't think he hits that. I don't think he needs to hit that in this game. And I don't like that matchup versus this defense. He's probably going to see a lot of Sneed this week. So I'm thinking stay away. If you want to go under, go under. But I'm staying away. Justin Tucker. I think Justin Tucker over seven and a half kick points is going to hit. And my main reason being, he has hit that against San Francisco, against Miami, against Houston he did not hit against Pittsburgh because it was a rain game they didn't even have their offense out what is it going to take for him to get eight kick points that's two field goals and two touchdown extra points and he hits and that's over and I think Justin Tucker has been money all year they're going to score points I think he gets seven and a half and that's a really good multiple so for everyone that doesn't know DFS 1.77 is like saying minus 110 odds in, gam- in the gambling world it's about 50-50. Yes. And this is 1.81, meaning they don't think it's happen, hap- going to happen. So they're giving you a little bit more juice for your squeeze there. Yeah, that's the right way to say it. So I'm looking at that side of the field, and that's what I think. I think we're going to leave it there. There's not a lot of receiver line set. You don't really know with Likely and Andrews. I wouldn't touch either of those because who knows what the game plan is going to look like. But now you flip back to the other side of the ball. How does this... Offense of the Chiefs matchup against the Ravens defense. So they have Pacheco set at 63 and a half rushing yards. I could see him not hitting it only because if the Ravens get up by 10 or 13 points, they're not gonna be running the ball much. So like game script wise, I'm gonna stay away from Pacheco, even though he could hit, he could not. I'm like looking for guarantees here. As far as Travis Kelsey goes, to have five and a half receptions, I don't know if I love that. He only had five against Buffalo, but I really like his receiving yards. Receiving yards are set at 62 and a half. He's had 71 and 75 the last two weeks. He has got to get his burn if they're going to try to win this game. So they're going to get him involved. I think Patrick Mahomes, he had two passing touchdowns last week, but he had not many passing touchdowns weeks prior, one, one, and one. I wouldn't touch that, but completions, I think is where you're going to have a chance. I think they're going to have to throw the ball 24 and a half, but still it's kind of high. Like, I'm not going to touch that either. The last time he's thrown over 25 completions was Christmas Day. So he's come close a few times when they needed to, but I'm not. I'm going to stay away from that too. And then last but not least, I think I'm going to be looking over here at Justin Watson. No, I don't like his either. Oh, man. Give me Harrison Bucker. I think he's going to have to kick the ball in the red zone. I don't think they're going to get a lot of red zone touchdowns. His line is set at six and a half, one point seven a half, 1.7 multiple. If they have seven kick points, he hits, he's hit in the last four weeks. All weird ways, but it's been 19, 7, 14, 9. I think he finds a way to hit. That's two field goals and one touchdown conversion extra point. I think he makes it happen right now. These five entries are sitting at a 15, no, 16.39 X multiplier. $10 makes $164. I'm going to take it one more time. Lamar Jackson over 170, basically Gus Edwards over 42 rushing yards, Justin Tucker over seven and a half kick points, Travis Kelsey over 62 and a half yards receiving, and then Bucker over six and a half kick points submitted. So that's like, you guys know, like that's pretty much how I go through and do this stuff. And you have to be careful because some lines may look good and they may be favorable, but some lines in theory are less likely to happen if one of the other lines hits, because there's, you know, different burn for different people. So that's why I like when you talk through
1: game script. I think when you decide how you think a team, a game has to go in order for a team to win a game, and then you yep. reverse engineer your way back into what a good slip would look like. And that seems smart. Like you don't want to stack up on too many Ravens receiving lines if you don't think that they're going to have a huge game and maybe it'll be yeah. a game on the ground. I think a lot of that makes sense. We're going to get to our official predictions at the end of this episode, but I want to ask you first a lot she made on the internet this week. I don't know if you saw this about the ref they called in for the AFC Championship game. A little NFL scripted moment. Have you seen this? I haven't yet. Okay, so Sean Smith is the ref that was assigned to this AFC Championship game. And basically the rub on Sean Smith is that road teams win way more often with him as compared to the league average. So whereas home teams win 55.4% of the games in the last three years with Sean Smith refing, they only win 40% of the time. And so people are saying that, nfl wants the chiefs taylor swift and the super bowl so they're calling in the guns for hire to move it in and apparently it comes with like more holding or false starts for the for the home team is this something that gets talked about or thought about this is obviously like fan fodder to say like the nfl's rigged i don't often subscribe to this kind of stuff but it seems like the nfl just keeps stepping on rakes even if this isn't something they mean to do
0: Um, it's in the locker room. I wouldn't say rigging is talked, but it's more like, look, this is the ref crew we're dealing with. Be very well aware, which having a game plan for refs and even have it being in the conversation is really annoying. Like, I think it's, it's wrong and it shouldn't exist in the game. You shouldn't have to do that, but you have to. Some refs are calling more offensive PIs than others. Like there's rankings for refs and what penalties they call. So to take all the information and know what to do with it. Yeah. Like, I think that's important.
1: We'll see. I mean, we'll see how it turns out. I, I don't subscribe to this kind of stuff because obviously it would be great either. Like the NFL is such a behemoth in terms of media and attention that they can spin a story either way. Like, sure. It'd be great if Taylor Swift was there, but to risk the, with all these conspiracies, like just any conspiracy theory ever to have so many people involved, like the amount of people in that it would take to be involved in setting this kind of stuff up and to think like we wouldn't hear something about yeah. something somewhere like i think people are dumber than a lot of you know the fans people in the league are dumber than fans probably give them credit for i would, I would agree and, <laughs> I and would the agree. nfl doesn't need to do this anyway right they, yeah. like, they have such a good thing going why would they risk it yeah no i'm with you i i agree <laughs> all I right agree. well Let's move on to another game. No, no, no sense of this one being rigged yet, but curious to get your thoughts. We have Jared Goff versus Brock Purdy. So we're on the AFC side. We have two former MVP winning quarterbacks. On the NFC side, maybe a little lighter in the quarterback section. Mm-hmm. Definitely narratives built around both QBs. How, how do you see this Goff versus Brock Purdy matchup going?
0: Yeah, this is going to be a fun game to watch. So I'm going to start from the top here. We know the 49ers love running the ball. They love running the ball with Christian McCaffrey. Right now, Sleeper has a discount, 21% off for the next three days. 69.5 rushing yards is Christian's line. So I'm going to be very quick to add that. He had 98 last week. He had 103 and 115 two weeks prior. He did not have a lot against Washington. He had 64, but he didn't really play a whole lot. They didn't need him to play. Didn't need that game. So got to have a game. Is he going to have over 70 rushing yards, essentially? Yeah, I'm going to say that. I'm going to start there. I think this game script-wise is going to be... 49ers making sure they're running their, they're running the ball, they're running play action. They're not putting everything on Purdy on a defense that, like... Lions defense is bad, but they do create opportunity. And I think that's something that really needs to be taken into account in this offense game plan that I know Shanahan's going to take into account. He's not going to let some weird Brock Purdy picks or weird, like, anything mess up this game. He's going to put him in good situations, be on time with the ball. He's not going to let Aiden Hutchinson wreck this game. And I think that's how I'm going to form this whole thesis of this game entry. And again, thinking the lions are going to have to throw the ball to stay in this game. I'm not going to touch any rushing yards because if they're running the ball game's probably really weird. So Hmm. I'm going to go off the fact that I think it's going to be really run heavy and play action for the 49ers really pass heavy for the, uh, for the lions. So moving down George Kittle George Kittle had four receptions last week. One was a big touch on reception. His line seems a little high to me. Four and a half receptions. There's 62 receiving yards. I actually think I like 62 receiving yards. Does he get it? Does he not? I think so. Give me Kittle 62 receiving yards because of the backers that he's matched up against. I think he's a mismatch for Anzalone. Can't guarantee that he's going to get five receptions, but Debo looking to be out most likely Those extra targets are going to have to go somewhere. And Kittle's often in the same spots that Debo is on the field when they're making their game plan. So give me Kittle yards. The other guy that I'm looking at is give me Moody. Moody, seven and a half kick points against the Lions defense, I think is a gimme. The Lions defense is not very good. There's a lot of opportunity to score points. I think Moody's going to find a way to get eight points. Um, And then right now, they're really thin on these entries because you don't really know the status of these guys. I don't love Ayuk's line set at 82. He could hit it. He could not. Like, are they going to need to hit it? I don't know. Are they just going to run the shit out of the ball and control this game? I think that's a little too risky for me to touch. So I'm going to grab those guys from this side. Also, Brock Purdy. I think that Brock Purdy has to have 21 completions in this game. I don't, think, like, I don't think he doesn't throw for over 21 completions. He's done it in the last two weeks that he's played. So give me Brock Purdy, 21 completions. Now we flip to the other side. I think that you're going to see Gibbs involved in the passing game more than you have in the last few weeks. His line set at one, 21 and a half receiving yards. He's hit 43 and 40 the last few weeks. They want to get Gibbs in space because he's not going to have a lot of space in between the tackles, in my opinion. Take that. Jared Goff, what are we looking for with him? I'm taking his completions. Over 24 completions. He had 30 last week against the Bucs. Threw the shit out of the ball. They're going to need him to throw the ball to stay in this game. Now look. We got Laporta. Laporta's been balling, but now he's matched up against somebody like Fred Warner. Laporta's knee is a little iffy. Like, I don't think he's 100%. I'm not going to touch Laporta. I don't, I also don't think Laporta gets a touchdown this week. I, I don't think he gets a touchdown. I don't know if going under on the less on touchdowns is worth it, but we're going to stay away from him for now. And now you look at Amon Ra. What type of game is this going to need to be for Amon Ra and the Lions? He's going to have to get fed. Like, no way, shape, or form that he does not get fed. I think he's going to have over 86 and a half, or 85 and a half receiving yards. I'm going to add him in. And I also think that, are they going to score points? Yes, I think Badgley's going to have over five and a half kick points. That's a really low line. He's hit that one, two, three, four weeks in a row. This is a juicy script. I mean, this is literally eight entries, 70X. For $10, makes $707. So... Mm-hmm. I'm going super big on this one. I'm going to add that. But for everyone that's watching this, grab one or two of these. These are the guys that I'm looking at this week that I think have a chance. So mix and match. Don't throw them all into one entry like I'm about to do. If you grab two, three at a at a pop and mix and match, you should hit some of them and come up profitable. That's what I'm looking at. Love it. You talk about how you think the Niners
1: are going to do it on the ground. The Lions are going to do it through the air. Do you think this Lions aerial attack is going to be good enough They're. I think they're currently sitting at something like six point underdogs. I mean, they yeah, Vegas doesn't like them. And it seems like I the, don't like the Niners have been dominant. OK,
0: go on. Yeah, I, I like the Niners. I think last week was the Niners chance to lose. I don't think mm-hmm. there's a way in hell that the Lions come in and beat the beat the 49ers and stop them going from to a Super Bowl. I think also the Lions have played a really, really tough stretch. They've played a lot of football recently. They've tired they're beaten up like yes the Niners lost Debo last week maybe he comes back maybe doesn't he should be ready for the Super Bowl if so I just don't see how Christian McCaffrey gets one game away from the Super Bowl again and doesn't make it so Hmm. I'm looking for a Christian McCaffrey legacy game I'm actually looking for Brock Purdy to take advantage of a lesser defense and just ball out and I think this is the time that the Niners go to the Super Bowl and have a good chance to win it because I don't think they really had a chance to win it in the past with Jimmy Garoppolo so that's how I see this playing out.
1: Yeah. What, what do you make of this conversation? Cam Newton's leading it about Brock Purdy game manager, you know, a couple weeks old at this point. But it seems like this is his time to maybe yeah. hush those people. But again, last week it, it didn't look great and he still did enough to win it. So where does that line get drawn? I guess is the question.
0: I like I don't think he's a game manager. I just don't think he has the highest of ceilings. But I think he's his floor is pretty high too. Like he's last week was about as bad as I think you could watch him play, and they still won like he still made plays down the stretch. He should have thrown some interceptions that he got away with, but he also like flipped the switch, made some big plays across the middle, scrambled, made some plays like his ceiling last week, he had a high ceiling for some of those plays. And I just think like look, it was a rain game, it was wet. He does have small hands. That's a, like, that's a real thing. He's he struggles in the rain. They're not going to be playing the Super Bowl in the rain. They're probably not going to be playing in the rain this week and they're playing against a defense that's lesser. The Packers were rolling, dude, and I think they got the best shot that they had to knock them out of the playoffs last week. And I don't mm-hmm. think the Lions are going to be that this week.
1: All right. On the other side, the AFC, your final prediction for that Ravens Chiefs game.
0: Yeah, I, I think the Ravens are going to win twenty-four to seventeen. And I think it's going to be close to the fourth quarter, and then there's going to be a pull away drive that the Ravens just seal it with. Um, and I think Mahomes is going to have his Mahomes plays, but I just don't know if it's going to be enough against the Ravens defense this time around
1: chalk all the way to the super bowl i you know some probably the most popular pick i saw was the ravens and the 49ers in the super bowl and in most years that might seem a little chalky yeah. you know just use the same word but i think this yeah. year those are just both the most dominant teams yep. week in and week out
0: yeah we're gonna get a rematch i believe of that beat down that baltimore gave to san francisco and i think that it's it's gonna be a closer game than it was there in the Super Bowl last time. Then last time, but yeah, I'm excited to see how these games play out. Right now, Ravens are sitting at minus three and a half. San Francisco sitting at minus seven. Like mm. we know what should happen. We'll see who shows up on Sunday. We'll see. Well, it'll be exciting. Enjoy this football while we have yeah. it. We have two
1: games of football on Sunday, and then it's a week off of no football. That will be like a real cleanse. And then you Man. get one game in the Super Bowl. And Frank, and this might be a hot take Kirk, but the Super Bowl, like. I don't love when everybody shows up to watch football. Like I do, like you know, making the umbrella bigger, bringing everybody in. But like the the way that the Super Bowl is gone and becoming so corporate and so like it doesn't it doesn't feel like a real football game the way that I've watched it for the last
0: half year. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, the Super Bowl is definitely different than regular games for all different reasons. But I'm just hoping we get a good game. Like I I hope that we get like moments of flashes of stars that are making plays that we remember forever. Like that, I think that's more important or more you take those with you longer than the outcomes of the games. Like Mahomes had that diving throw that was dropped that one year like mm. I want some of those and I would love to see Lamar like shaking people up like career play in the Super Bowl. That's what I love to see. So, we'll see what yeah. happens but man, we we definitely need a detox cuz we We've had a lot of ball and now we don't have a lot of ball. So we'll see what we do with it. This is where
1: you know real media professionals are made, Kurt. I know this is your That's first it. year not playing, yeah. but it's like this is this is where we cut our teeth right now. Yep. Right now. Uh,
0: we gotta go we gotta go dive into college film. We gotta go make our predictions in the draft. I'm gonna do right. so many mock drafts, it's gonna be disgusting. We'll do a pocket presence mock draft where we argue. I think it's gonna be fun let's, and we'll have some more guests go. on.
1: So I, I think we just need to bring Brandon on maybe like once a week. Give us I mean, your people- script. People people love that episode so much. Yeah. It was so awesome to listen to. And he just knows he just knows ball at such a deep level. And especially yeah. as we come into the offseason, it's just gonna be so awesome to to pick his yeah. brain. He, we might have to be careful because I think you and I are both gonna want to be like, okay, who are the Packers drafting? Who are the Packers yep. drafting? And who's on the board, big dog? That's Give, give information. us the top twenty. Give us the top twenty. But nah, <laughs> it was that was
0: fun. I'm glad we had him on. I'm excited. I know he's happy to come back too. So excited to get him in. Get some other guests rotated in. I think it's going to sure. be a really fun off season and it's easier to get to the NFL guys in the off season because they're more free, right? So we're going to have cool conversations. Be able to look back on moments from the season, talk about them with some of our friends of the show. So until next time, guys, thank you for listening. Go good teams that you want to win this weekend. <laughs> and I hope all of your entries hit. See ya.